This is the Employee to Entrepreneur podcast, the podcast for the family man who wants to escape the rat race. So if you are an aspiring dadpreneur, if you're a family man that wants to spend more time with his family and actually make some soccer games for once, then you're in the right place. I made this podcast for you because I am you. I am your host, Brendan Ryan, and I am making that transition myself. Today, I'm joined by Coach Shane, who owns his own English business. He teaches foreigners how to speak English. And today, we talk about the challenges and the, the issues that come up raising a family and running a business at the t- same time, and specifically, how to go about ordering your day and communicating, especially with your wife, about how to compartmentalize your day so that you are focusing on the business when you're working on the business and focusing on the family when you're with the family. Shane, thanks for joining me today. It's great to be here. I appreciate it, Brendan. Sure, sure. So Coach Shane, you have been a business owner in the education space for quite some time since leaving, um, you know, being a teacher back in the day. And for the past five years or so, you've also been a father, had a family and all that. And that's hard to do both at the same time, right? Anybody that has a business could tell you that it's really difficult to run and maintain a business with everything that goes on there. And then, of course, everybody agrees that parenting is hard. So how do you for lack of a better word, balance the two. How do you keep yourself from focusing on your business when you're with family and vice versa? That's a great question. And and, uh, it's kind of hard to answer. Uh, My boy, my oldest boy is five. My youngest is three, just three and a half ish. So you can imagine two crazy boys in the house uh, occupy a lot of noise and space uh, and uh, of your time. When the boys were really little, it was easy. You know, let's let's have a kid. Uh, let's do this. And uh, I'm not really worried about, uh, you know, how it's going to affect my business. And that's what happened when they're babies. You know, they're with mom and everything is easy. There was no changes. But as the boys get older and as the dad feeling really kind of hits you when they start saying dad and when, when they start coming up to you and asking for things, um, it's different because the initial reaction is, uh, uh, be quiet. I can't do it right now. I, I got to do this. I got to get this done. And then I come back and say, you know, the reason that I'm an entrepreneur is to have the freedom to do what I want. And my wife and I wanted to have a couple of kids and I've got that. So what the heck am I doing? This is the time that I should stop and embrace this and, and, and take on the challenge of being a dad and the privilege of being a dad 24 hours a day. So that's been a huge transition for me. And I'll tell you, it's not easy switching your focus, uh, but you absolutely have to do it if you want to be present in your kid's life, which I do. Does that affect my business? Absolutely. Not necessarily in a positive way. And sometimes I have to check myself and uh, say to myself, okay, uh, I'm going to have to put a couple hours on my wife here to really take the boys and maybe get them out of the house so I can focus on my work. And that is where we're at right now. The best time for me to work uninterrupted is 
when she takes them out to the park or to a museum. And I do the same for her. Otherwise, when the boys are home, like right now, they're on the other side of the wall. I'm pretty much uh, 70% in business, 30% in family. Does that make sense? Absolutely. makes sense. Yeah. And I think you're hitting on something that is, is, is probably going to be relatable to a lot of people that are build, building businesses now. Whereas in the past, when you were building a business, it might've been at some type of brick and mortar location. Whereas now so many businesses that are popping up are online businesses. And so we're working from home. And so it's even more difficult because they're, you're literally separated by a wall sometimes. So it sounds like too, though, that you, you got building your business for a while and then you had kids. So when you had the kids, was that a big transition? Was that a big stressor or was it not so much? Not in the beginning. Like I said, um, it was a welcome change, a welcome addition. And by the way, everybody, I'm an older dad. Uh, I had, we had Mikey when I was 50. Um, so I'm like, (laughs) I should be a grandpa at this age, but I think it was partly my maturity, uh, and that, okay, if I'm going to do this, I better do it now. Um, that's why it wasn't so much of a challenge to me. It was, it was really a welcome, uh, change. And I embraced it. I didn't realize how hard it would be, but I I certainly embraced it. That's awesome. Yeah. So are your kids or your wife, are they involved in the business at all? Uh, No, I would love for my, you know, I sometimes you see on the internet, uh, these little young kids, you know, creating music on the computer. They're seven years old and they're making these Instagram videos. And I'm like, oh man, I want Mikey to come in here and edit all my videos and edit all my audio. That would be so excellent. Man, Brendan, he's so far from that. It's not funny. He's not anywhere near that area. My wife, she has her own thing going on. So we're both kind of entrepreneurs. And uh, this is... uh, this can be extremely stressful because she wants her time and I need my time. Uh, so the demand on us, and I'll tell you something else, which is crazy. We moved to a, a state far from any family. So we don't have any brothers or sisters or aunts or uncles or parents to help us out. Um, we don't really know our neighbors. We've only been here, you know, just a little bit of time. And on top of that, we've decided to homeschool. So we've got so much on the stress between mom and dad. They talk about date night, right? Between parents. Are you kidding? Just give us five minutes together. So there's a lot of pressure on us, but, uh, but we have to go back and say, well, do we want to go out and work at a company? Uh, do we want, uh, to, to ship our kids to a daycare or to a school? And these are decisions that we've made personal decisions and, uh, we have to accept those decisions, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So your wife is an entrepreneur too. What does she do? She's in the music production area, programming area. She's, uh, quite the gifted person in the science and music area. And so when, how does she work on stuff? You know, like, do you guys trade off taking care of the kids or how does that work? Yeah. So basically, uh, I wake up in the morning and I'll work, uh, probably until nine or 10 AM at that point, the house is in chaos. So we're all together for a while. And then around 11, 1130, she'll go to her office and then she'll work for two hours, maybe two and a half hours during that time. I'm washing dishes and doing 
some homeschooling with Mikey and trying to keep the chaos down. Uh, and then she comes up and in the evenings around 5 p.m. until whenever I need to, it, it's all on, on me. It's, it's my time. And I try to help out a little bit because it gets really loud out there, but that's, we kind of split our day in that and she only gets two hours. So she's not happy with that. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So do you find yourself either waking up really early to work on stuff or staying up really late or both? Yeah. As a lot of parents know, it's both. Uh, you, you end up going to bed ridiculously late on some days, but then you have to be right up, up nice and early. The mornings are really nice, but I've got a new problem in my, in my house. Uh, I've got a, a German shepherd puppy and the boy is massive and uh, he's in my office. That's where he sleeps uh, in my office at night. So when I come in my office in the morning, he's so excited and happy to see me. He's barking and I'm like, he's going to wake up everybody. So my morning routine has been a little bit affected by moose, uh, but I used to get a lot of work done in the morning. Now it seems to be switching towards the, the evenings. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you're staying up later at night to, to bang out some work. And so I have to, cause the, the family needs to be quiet. You know what I mean? I mean, you, it's not that it's, if you're going to work on something, you really need to prioritize your money-making areas, okay? Because there's a lot of work. As an entrepreneur, you know, there's a ton of work. There's emails. There's just a, a bunch of stuff that you have to do. You have to prioritize the money-making work. And when you set your schedule and say, okay, this is what's making money, so this is where I need to concentrate, I really, and everybody really should agree, you can't have any interruptions during the, those periods of time. So you have to find those hours uh, when it's possible to be all alone. For sure. Yeah. And do some deep work. So this might, I hope this doesn't yeah. sound like a dumb question, but this is actually something that I have struggled a little bit with in the past, or at least, you know, yeah, a year or two ago. Um, was what you mentioned, focusing on the, the things that actually move the needle, right? Because you can find yourself doing a whole lot of work, but you're doing a whole lot of work on things that aren't really creating a lot of progress. And so how have you found over the years through your wisdom, how to fo figure out what that, um, what those things are that really make money or actually progress your business forward? Um, for instance, you know, there's the whole Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule that 20% of your actions produce 80% of the results. And so ever since I learned that, I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what are those actions? What are those actions? Because I know for a fact that I'm doing some things that are not those things. But if we're dadpreneurs, men with families and businesses, that is so important because our time is so precious. So what do you think? How do you, how do you, how do you figure that out? Yeah, it's, it, it is a battle. So I'm a content producer. I teach online. So the number one thing that I have to do is make sure that my content is satisfying uh, my customers. Okay. Um, and you can easily identify something like that by churn, you know? So if I have a subscriber, how long do they stay? What's their lifetime value? And for me, lifetime value had better be, uh, lifetime memberships had better be measured in years, not in months. So if I see a, a churn rate that's a little bit high, I know it's a content issue. Now, I've finally mastered the content, and I think my content is, is uh, satisfying my clients. Now I have to go back and focus on bringing people into the stream. Uh, and that 
originally uh, was YouTube and podcasts. That's where uh, I got all my organic traffic from. People liked it. They came to me. They signed up. And then I really made a huge mistake and slowed down on that. And this is uh, coinciding with Mikey when he was born because, you know, it, it takes time. Uh, so I kind of essentially stopped doing that stuff um, and just focused on content. And now that the boys are a little bit older and louder, but more manageable, I'm going back into the uh, bringing people into my world with podcasting and, and YouTube. Those are the only two things that I should be doing. I do have some staff and people helping me out and, uh, and I'm learning how to delegate, but a lot of guys, uh, dadpreneurs, you know, most likely you're a perfectionist in some way or another. That's why you want to do something on your own. And the art of delegation is not easy um, because nobody's going to do it right. And you really kind of need to lower your expectations and understand your value is in another area. In my case, content creation. And believe it or not, even though so-and-so can't write an email as nice as you, uh, you got to let it go and let them do it. Um, you can always give them feedback, but you got to let it go. And that's tough, but you have to. That's what I'm learning. Yeah, definitely. I just had a friend of mine on actually that we were talking about that particular subject about how to grow and scale your business and how important delegation and automation is to doing that and how that's how a lot of entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs actually end up stumbling or even, you know, quote unquote failing along the way is um, there's a great book called The E-Myth Revisited that talks a lot about that, like transitioning out of that technician role and into more of a true entrepreneurial role, which is the visionary, the, the orchestrator of the whole business that oversees everything. And yeah, you have to you have to ideally find people who are better than you at said thing. Um, but that's so hard nowadays, it seems. <laughs> and it costs money. Yes, yes. It costs <laughs> a lot of money. Absolutely. So to go back though to um, the whole idea of focusing on what's really important, because I, I to me I'm like that topic is so just incredible. It's a crucial to me. Um, if I'm understanding you correctly, you kind of have some KPIs, key performance indicators that you look like look at, like your churn rate, your lifetime value of your clients, and you. Where, where do you go from there? You're kind of determining like what changed, and if th those numbers are off, like you kind of. Because it sounds like you determined at some point that content was really important for you, specifically like the YouTube yep. and the podcast. But how did you how did you realize that? It's the con it's not the YouTube and podcast content because all that's short form for me. And I'm I hate to say it like this, but I'm kind of a funny guy. So if you wanted to learn from me, you know, you're, you're kind of laughing and having a good time learning. Uh, it's it's a very casual uh, thing. Uh, the the content quality uh, comes out in the paid lessons when people pay for stuff. The act, that's, that's where the quality needs to really, it can't just be funny. It's got to really provide something. Um, and the metrics that I've been watching over the years uh, have been my lead generation. And that's what's uh, took a downspin since I became a dad, especially um, because I didn't have that extra freedom to go out and make uh, you know funny little YouTube videos with me running like an idiot or something like that. That's what that's what people like. That's what attracts people. They want to see that 
those interesting sides of you. They're in my case teaching English, so they don't want, they don't only want to learn some English. They want to see some funny things. That takes time. I have to go out to a park. I have to go to a store. I got to shoot videos. I mean, and then I got to come home and edit it. It's all easy stuff. But when you're when you're a dad, especially when you got two little kids, you know, we always it was uh, three under three. Uh, you know, uh, that's a nightmare. Diapers and screaming and feeding and no sleep, all of that stuff. And I made a choice. I gave up the unknowingly I gave up the lead generation, but now a couple of years later, I'm seeing how, oh, wow, I really did give up lead generation because my numbers coming in, the new people coming into my funnels has just redu- uh, took a dive. Um, and, uh, and that's how we met actually, because I realized, okay, I got to turn this around and uh, improve my funnels, improve my lead generation. And, uh, and that's where I'm at now. So it's easy to see, you know, with your email subscriptions and the, and the number of new subscribers, uh, it's easy to see where your lead, when your lead generation is not doing good. And yeah, that's been uh, the past year getting better. We're getting better again. We're bringing it back, but it's a long process. Think about this. I created YouTube and podcasts for, uh, let's see, five years solid, like a lot, like almost every day. That's a massive lead generating system. And then suddenly I shut it down when I became a dad. Big mistake. I should not have done that. Uh, Fortunately, I've got so much content out there. It's still generating leads, but that's a problem. So, so this is a tough thing as, as a, as a dad. And I realize it now, oh my God, I, I really gave up a very important part of the business. And fortunately I can see it now and I'm getting back into it. But if you're a dadpreneur out there, uh, don't ever, ever neglect your lead generation. That is, if you don't have people coming into your funnel, uh, you're not going to be making any money. Obviously, your product needs to be top-notch, but you got to have people constantly seeing you, constantly, oh, there he is again. Oh, there, there he is. Oh, there's another email. Oh, there's, there's another tweet. And oh, wow, he's on Facebook again. It's, that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you, so it sounds like to me that you realize how important the lead flow is. And at some point it slowed down and you're like, okay, what changed? And then you realize, oh, I'm supposed to make these funny videos that people relate to that are really authentic and all that. And I think that that's super important. That's actually something that I've been really trying to do with my own personal brand recently is make more videos that are actually showing my day-to-day life um, without obviously invading my own family's privacy too much, right? Which is which is a tough balance, but especially being a dadpreneur, that that kind of starts to encroach a little bit, right? On like business time versus family time, because now you're you're whipping out the cameras or the phones or whatever, and like you know putting on your story on Instagram when you're hanging out with the kids, and and that can uh, make some people annoyed sometimes. So it's this weird, really tough like balance there. But I think that there's a fine yeah, line. Yeah, I think it is a fine line. Uh, and it's it's uh, a tough tightrope to walk for us. But I think that it's really key for anybody building a personal brand nowadays to be able to show those authentic moments about who you really are, because that's what is so relatable. And that's what p- makes people like you. Right. Um, and so 
hundred percent. Yeah. So any tips there? Do you got any tips about how you, you, you managed to pull both off? Yeah. So that's a great question. And I got in trouble from my wife for posting Instagram videos of me and the boys. Sometimes she's like, I don't want that picture up there. I, I don't like that. Uh, uh, I can see the license of our car in that picture. I don't like that. And, and I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> but she's right. Uh, you know, there's, there's a line and you have to respect your partner. Uh, and you have to think about your kids. A lot of, you know, famous people, they put little, uh, emojis on their kids faces and I, I get it. Uh, I, I do understand that you don't always have to do that. Um, so what I've done for all of my personal stuff where I show me, like maybe I'm eating a pizza or I'm at the store, I've put it on my wife. She does it. <laughs> she, she'll take the pictures and take the videos and put it up on Instagram and, and, and Facebook and stuff like that. And now, and this is a very recent thing, but it's so important. Now uh, I'm able to, to not worry about that contents being created. People are getting to know me, uh, which like you said, if you're developing, I don't care if you're making knives or if you're selling uh, some electronic device, if you're an entrepreneur and, and your name's out there and people are coming to you because they know you, the more they know about you, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but the more they know about you, the more they identify with you. And if you can show them the trials and tribulations in your life, that's even better because now they can identify even more with you. And they're like, yeah, he's, uh, he's the big guy. He's the guru. But at the same time, man, the guy's got problems just like me. Uh, and you can show that. Uh, and, and that really wins the hearts of, uh, of your customers, which is really important. So my wife, that's on her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, showing that vulnerability is, is difficult for some people, including myself, right. Showing the, the flaws and everything and how messy life can be, especially as a dad. Um, but I think it's, it is crucial and it does work. I think the engagement is so much noticeably higher when you, when you actually are, you know, bearing all flaws and everything. Um, but that is such a great tip. Honestly, I think that's such an underrated tip that you just landed right there because I think it actually, it actually uses delegation, right? Like you're getting somebody else to do some of the, the uh, work, taking something off your plate. But also I think that I'm just an observation, but I think that women actually enjoy taking pictures more so than men. It's just something I've noticed over time. But um, I think I might have to try that myself, uh, get my wife to do that and see what happens. Uh, I think that's a great yeah, tip. I, recently, the, one of my most... <clears throat> viral uh pictures on instagram was uh i was taking the boys out for a walk and my youngest jimmy decided to drop a deuce as we were leaving so uh i have him laid out on the doormat in front of the front door and i'm changing his diaper and my, and my wife looks down the stairs and she's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> and then she took a picture and she's got a picture of me like with this you know deer in the headlights look huh? <laughs> and she put that up there and she, she's basically berating me to uh to my uh community and they loved it they absolutely loved it and you know guys were saying well it's convenient it's easy and women are saying oh my god you should you should go to jail i mean it was but that's the type of thing it's, it's really silly stuff but perfect 
And only my wife could have done that. That is perfect because it'll drive engagement, right? Like you're saying, like the guys are saying, yes. yeah, man, I would do the same thing or whatever. And the women are all up in arms about it. That's perfect because it's a little bit controversial, it is. just a little bit, you know, that's, that's absolutely perfect for social media and driving engagement. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're raining tips right now, man. That's great. I love it. <laughs> not, not that I'm going to go copy that. Involved, I'm not going to copy that stunt. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to that point about if you wanted to say, take you up on your tip about like, maybe see if your wife would want to be like, you know, the family photographer for a lack of a better term, how do you go about, um, setting expectations with your wife or with the family? Obviously communication is, is super key in, in any relationship, but especially when you have a business and you're working from home, like, like you and me. Yeah. So I think, I think it's a matter of personality. Um, if you're both outgoing, uh, people and you, you're both kind of, uh, extroverts, it's probably a heck of a lot easier to create content. I mean, look at the YouTube videos where you got the families involved and they're all doing crazy stuff. Um, that's a very unique situation. Um, I don't really think that's typical though. I think a lot of families are much more private and uh, it's uh, like you, we were saying earlier, there's a fine line that uh, shouldn't be crossed. And I think what's best is whoever is the more private person, they should probably be, uh, be the gatekeeper for that social media stuff. I think um, whether it's you or your wife, uh, that person and just relinquish that duty to that person and tell them, look, I, I it's really important. Explain why you have to do this. Um, but you don't want it. You have to show this vulnerable side, this personal side. What ways can we do it? We, we don't have to involve the kids. Maybe like Joe Rogan, he's into hunting. Everybody knows that. Let's just focus on that aspect of my life. Or maybe you fart around in the garage and you like fixing things. Come out there and, and take a picture every so often, you know, that type of thing. You, you you have to respect the privacy of of your partner or the level of uh, privacy that they want. You don't have to share everything in your life, but showing that human side of you is really important. Negotiate what side you want to show. And uh, for me, I'm a, such an open book and my wife is the opposite. I could show any aspect of my life. But I let my wife decide which aspects she wants to show. Uh, she doesn't want me to look like a sitcom dad. Uh, but at the same time, um, she understands that that's kind of important because I'm a <clears throat> funny guy. So she understands the, the needs for that. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's a family by family, you know, person by person thing. I for sure. Yeah. But that's great advice of what you said that whoever is the more private of the two, I think should set that standard for the family M makes total sense. And if you're somebody who's building a personal brand, that's probably the other person, right? <laughs> you know, unless you're both trying to exactly. build a personal brand, in which case it's probably a non-issue, but yeah, I look at, look at Hormozy, Hormozy and his wife, they're, they, they'll, they're both out there. It's, it's, they're fine. But then again, I don't think, uh, anybody's seen my wife ever. Uh, they've seen my kids and my wife likes it that way. Um, and that may be the case in, for you too, Brendan, and for a, a lot of people out there, a lot of people. And I'll tell you what, the more you grow a brand and the bigger you get, um, 
you will meet wackos uh, and they can freak you out. And I've had that situation. Yeah, seriously. And I've had that situation. And that's one of the reasons my wife doesn't want, you know, the house number shown and things like that. And I, I'm, I'm like, come on, I'm an English teacher. But they, you know, it doesn't matter what you are. Uh, there's some weirdos out true. there. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Then you do it long enough, I guess you'll run into the stalker types or something, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Even for me. <laughs> yeah, for anybody. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, I mean, for better, you might argue one way or the other. But, well, yeah, I think most people would say, unfortunately, our privacy in today's world is keeps getting eroded um, just you know, for, from various different things, but just because of the online world in which we find ourselves in, there's the cameras everywhere and everything. So it's just not quite what it used to be, right. In terms of privacy, at least the standard of it. And so I think a lot of people are more comfortable with that than, than, than others, but, um, you still definitely got to respect that, especially for, you know, families, I think. So it's a, it's a fine line for sure. Um, you mentioned earlier in the the show that you were thinking about doing, or maybe you are already doing homeschooling, which is something I really want to do myself. Um, have you already started that? Yeah. So this is something once again, we're, we just moved to a a different state. Don't know anybody. Don't know nothing. I've never had a a five-year-old kid, uh, had to register a kid for school or anything. I'm literally uh, learning like a baptism by fire. Um, so we just found out that <clears throat> I have there has to be a medical evaluation for the kid, you know, to see if they're special. It's just a typical form. There's a ton of paperwork that I have to do. Uh, we are learning by Googling it. Um, I finally, I, we get uh, raw milk from a farm and I was talking to the farmer and he said, oh yeah, my sister, uh, she homeschooled. So I got her number yesterday. So I'm going to be calling her and, and she's, I'm sure going to help me out uh, on things like this. So, yeah, I mean, whatever your reasons are, I think homeschooling is a, a viable option, but I would recommend seriously dads, especially if mom puts a lot of that on you by four years old, you better see that all the, your ducks are in a row because they're depending on the state you are, I'm sure there are a lot of regulations and they're easy. They're pretty easy to, 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 to fulfill, but there's a lot of regulations you need to check a lot of paperwork you need to do. And, uh, it's not just like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to send them to school. Let's just start learning the alphabet, which is kind of what I was doing. And now I realize, Oh my God, uh, there's a lot I need to do. So sometimes, especially recently, Brendan, uh, it feels like uh, we bit off more than we can chew. Seriously, it's, it's it can get really, really frustrating. There's it's just an endless amount uh, of things. Uh, but then you just when you lay down at night, you look at it and you got to say, well, I got my own business. Uh, I got my family and uh, I'm paying bills and we've got dreams and it's gonna get better. You just got to keep driving. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't even imagine because just like I said in the beginning of the show, building a business while raising kids is tough enough. Right. But I'll add in homeschooling as well. And I can't even imagine. But I, I like I said, I actually do want to do that. The whole reason my my biggest why for why I am a dadpreneur is 
because of my family so that I can have more time with my family so I can retire my wife so I can leave a legacy. It's all about the family and the, and, um, the whole homeschooling thing is, is right, you know, right in goes right along with all of that. But I wanted to do that and build a business and be able to own my time, basically set my own schedule so that I can do things exactly like that. And I'm definitely not there yet, unfortunately, <laughs> but that's, that's the goal for sure. Um, I have a theory that I have a lot of theories about the future, but one of my theories about the future is that, uh, homeschooling will be much more common than it has been in the past. And I actually really thought that COVID, the pandemic was going to drive that forward. And it, I think that it did, right? Like it definitely, it definitely pushed that forward, but it seemed like a lot of the things that COVID pushed forward, like remote work, for instance, um, did advance because that happened, right? It made it a little bit more normal to work from home. Um, and people were like, yeah, why do we need to go into the office to just to work on a computer? We have the internet, you know, and uh, same thing for school, right? Uh, whereas so you can make the argument that, you know, there's definitely reasons to go into school, um, you know, for physical education or socialization and all that kind of stuff. However, um, what I'm getting at is that um, with the resources that we already have online, like you can literally learn everything online already, right? like YouTube University itself, is sufficient for most people. You would never be able to master everything on there. And it's all free. And all, even these great universities have been doing open source coursework for years now. And I went to I went to the University of Florida in Gainesville and about half of my classes were online. <laughs> you know, I'm like in Gainesville and half of them are online and they're all recorded and they're from last year or whatever because they recorded them. And so it's going that way, I think, you know, but things like the traditional didactic school system are going to be incredibly slow to change, you know, incredibly slow to change. But I think for me, one of the biggest reasons, there's a lot of reasons why I want to homeschool. But for me, one of the biggest reasons is because I really want to teach my kids to be free thinkers and to I really want to teach them how to be entrepreneurs if they want to be an entrepreneur, yeah. because I don't believe that we were taught that at least I wasn't taught that at all in the school system, like not even a little bit, wasn't even remotely introduced to it. Um, and I really think that if I was, I would have figured that out a lot sooner. Like it took me a long time to realize like, this is not it. Like I, I don't want to be a pharmacist. I want to be an entrepreneur. It took me way too long way too long to figure that out. But if I had been exposed, at least in some way, somewhere along the way, I think but I would have came to that conclusion sooner. I'm not saying I would have figured it out when I was 16, but at least I wouldn't have been 30 when I, when I figured it out. Right. And so anyway, long, long winded question for you. Do you, do you want your kids to be entrepreneurs? Absolutely. What you said, I completely agree with in every, in every area, you know, it's really funny because Today was the first day we had Mikey, my five-year-old, make a store and start selling stuff. So he's sitting there on the couch. Uh, he's got these Easter eggs, these empty Easter egg plastic eggs, and he's selling eggs for 33 cents a piece. He's being an entrepreneur. This is exactly why I wanted him to do it. I wanted to understand that you, you have something, you create something, and then you sell it. And that's exactly what he's doing today. It's precisely what I want. My wife uh, wants our boys 
to go the traditional route, you know, become a doctor, a lawyer, something fantastic from a great university. And I don't. I want my kids to be entrepreneurs by the time they're 18, 19 years old. If they're able to uh, be pulling in a, a nice income, that would be fantastic. So we reached a compromise. And the compromise was this. Uh, they get accepted into some great schools, Dartmouth, Harvard, Stanford, whatever. They get accepted into those schools. And if they want to be an entre entrepreneur, they can turn down their acceptance. As long as, my wife said, as long as they get accepted to those schools, I know academically that they're great and outstanding. At that point, okay, I'll let them do whatever it is they want to do. So, so I have a challenge. I need to make sure that they're really, 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 really smart. But I also have to make sure they're set up to uh, start their own business. Obviously, they're going to make their own choice. But I, I absolutely... I don't care if, if uh, they want to be a plumber. I don't care what kind of business they want to start. Um, I, I would absolutely, absolutely want them to be entrepreneurs. They can do whatever they want, but I would want them to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, the, thing, the beauty about being an entrepreneur is you can literally do whatever you want. You can make a business about anything, really. You can make it about underwater basket weaving. You can make it about, yeah, you can yep. start a pharmacist, be a plumber. And man, hey, if I was a plumber at 18 years old, I would have been financially oh way ahead of where I am now, right? Because they actually make decent money, first of all. And you can you can progress up, own your own company, all of that. And the I got I had a guy come into my house a week ago. He's like 23 years old. Uh he said, "Oh, how old is this house?" I said it's about 50 years old. He says, "Oh yeah, I just built mine." <laughs> nice. He's been a plumber for five years, roughly, and he's already built his house. He did his plumbing. I, and I'm thinking, good Lord, uh, if I were 23 and had those abilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's sleeping on the, those old traditional trade school, for lack of a better term, roles. Um, and it's just way the cold college route to go be a doctor or a lawyer has been way, way overemphasized. And to the point now where the opportunity cost of doing that, of spending the time and the money for the better part of a decade, if not longer, is is huge. It's huge, especially because you, if you consider that your 20s, when you have the most amount of energy, the pro, like the best years of your life, essentially, um, that's a, that's a huge cost, man. And I, I don't think there's, you know, nobody will say that unless you're listening to Hormozy or something, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think people are slowly starting to wake up to it though. Like I, I actually, I'm not, I know this is an anecdotal, but when I talk to like people in the Gen Z space, I think because they've had access to that information for their whole lives and because they also see some of their they might, it might even be a friend or like a friend of a friend on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, killing it with their own drop shipping business or whatever it might be. They, they see that. And now it becomes a lot more real to them. Whereas like the older generations, the idea of the internet money, the laptop lifestyle was almost like this pipe dream where it's like, yeah, right. Whatever, man. Like there might be one person in a million that pulls that off. But because like I said, it to, to the Gen Z, um, generation, they might know a person themselves, or they might know of a person who knows of a person. And so it's, a, it's more real to them. And so the, the, the belief is there. And, um, yeah, I just, I get the sense that like the, the tide will be turning in the future here soon. 
um, that a lot more people will be bucking the trend. A lot more kids will be foregoing college because the opportunity cost will be so obvious and the, the alternative is also obvious. And so I, I just think that it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to break. I'm surprised it's gone on as long as it has. The inflation of tuition is crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anybody going to school after 2000. Uh, that's when rates seemed to really shoot up. And that's when everybody just took out a loan. Oh my God. I can't imagine graduating college with, uh, close to six figures, if not over in debt. That's, that makes no sense to me. That just, it blows my mind. Yeah. Blows my mind. You hear about the barista who's got the PhD in philosophy. <laughs> this is where dads come into play. Okay. And now mom got him into that school, maybe. Uh, and that's fantastic, but I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of that's on you, dad. Uh, you got to really be directing your kids uh, into logical places. I mean, maybe that's controversial to say, but that's just my opinion. Moms too, of course, but you know, we're talking to dads and I'm sorry that I'm going to put that on dad. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that you're hundred percent right. Like the dads need to be slapping some of these kids with logic, but in, in a sense, it's like, okay, the dad is there to make you, you know, follow your head, slap you with logic. And, but, and the mom might be more of the emotional support, the nurturing side or whatever. So it's this whole balance so you can follow your head, follow your heart or whatever. But the thing is with entrepreneurship, like I said, you can follow your heart and your head at the same time. That's why I'm, I'm saying, man, like it, it, there should be so many more people that are 18, 19 years old that are starting businesses because you have nothing to lose at that time. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what are the stakes? You don't you don't even have a house or a family and nothing at that point. You know, so go, you know, start a business, try it out, fail a couple times, go bankrupt. Who cares? You didn't lose anything. But yeah, you go to college and you you are losing something. You Like you mentioned, like you might be looking at close to six figures or more or more than six figures of, of debt. And we mentioned the opportunity cost, but imagine also the mental toll that that takes, you know, the stress. That's what drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Having that hang over your head all the time. You don't even have a house. What's your asset? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're literally negative net worth. Yeah. And it's like, you know, some people will relate being an employee to, you know, slavery, but it almost feels like that when you're like literally in debt, indebted, you know, where you have to, you have to make these payments and pay it back. Hey, you want to be a slave, become an entrepreneur. Then you'll be, <laughs> yeah, at least you'll be a slave to yourself instead of the government though. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You'll be working 70 hours or something, but Hey man, at least you're building your dream. Exactly. You're, you're building your dream, building your assets and it's, and it's on your schedule. Mm. So Shane, do you, do you think that there should be more dadpreneurs? 100%. Uh, I, I just, that's why I love this podcast because you're speaking to such, uh, an underspoken to audience. And I think every entrepreneur when they're 20, 23, 25 years old, they're not thinking being a dad or, or when they do, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to get married when I'm 35, I'll be retired, semi-retired, and then I'm going to have my kids. Uh, great if you can do that. Uh, most of us can't, though. Uh, most most dads can't. It might be a frustration uh, of being at work and and thinking, God, I wish I could get out on my own. Yeah, uh, find your passion. Find what it is that uh, you like to do. Fi figure out a way how it's going to make money. 
and step into it. Get get become a dadpreneur because uh, the value you're going to get by owning your own business, but at the same time being a full time dad available anytime to do all the things that every dad wishes he could do. Uh, the value is is too great to uh, to to not consider seriously. Yeah. Be a dadpreneur. Yeah. I I actually made this podcast for the the young men who are probably mostly millennials at this point, right? Like the young 30 somethings that um maybe have had kids, are are working a job and have realized like that maybe they didn't make the right choice with regards to picking their career, right? Like like I felt. Like I, at one point I realized that pharmacy was a hundred percent, not it. There's just no way I can do this for the rest of my life. Like I got 30 plus years in me and I just would feel like I'm wasting my life to be honest with you, um, spending it all in a pharmacy. And I could do that to support my family. Don't get me wrong. Like if I have to, but I can't do that. Like I just like, it's not in me. Like I can't let my dreams die. And I have to think that there's plenty of other men out there that feel exactly the same way that they feel essentially trapped by their job. Um, but they have this obligation, this duty to their family. I want, I want to make this podcast, a newsletter and everything to support them, to inspire them, to educate them, to help them to network, because I really believe that there should be more entrepreneurs in the world and that our generation, especially Gen Z's, um, Gen Xers, et cetera, we're very much funneled into the the college system. Um, and we might've, you know, they, our parents obviously had good intentions. You're funneling, funneling us into that system. They wanted us to have a good job and a good life and et cetera. But I think honestly, it was by the time we could do it, it was outdated information. It wasn't as uh, ripe of an opportunity as it was when they were growing up. Right. And so I think, um, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that now. And that's, that's why I'm trying to, trying to support these people and inspire them to, to do it. It's not easy, right? It's super hard, super hard. But if you can pull it off, I really believe it's worth it. Not only for you, for your own fulfillment in life, but also for being able to spend time with your family and also for society, because I really truly believe that the world needs more entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs solve problems and there's, we got tons of those to go around, right? That's so, right. Yeah. so Shane, you you teach English online. So, if anybody's listening to this podcast, they probably already speak English. But if they knew somebody that could use your services, where where could they find you? They absolutely, all of you, get some good English. Okay, <laughs> uh, they got to go to letsmasterenglish.com. That that's the easy place. Cool. What about your socials? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, they're in the description down below. <laughs> Any <laughs> where I, I'm on, I guess just if you, if you Google coach Shane, uh, it's easy to find. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You can see my silly pictures on Instagram, but you know, uh, this is, this is another thing. If you're creating social media, try and use the same name for all of them. It makes life so much easier, which I didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. Same name, same handle of everything. If you can, you know, that's yeah. obviously kind of hard to do replicated across all the social media channels, but any parting words of advice for uh, aspiring dadpreneurs, Shane? Yeah. The sooner you do it, the better. Um, and I know there's a lot of pressure. So even if you're already working, uh, start it now. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier if your kids are really young. Once they hit 
uh, three, and I would say probably three till seven to seven years old, it's a lot more hands-on. And then once they hit eight, you get that freedom back a little bit. So I'm right in the middle of the storm. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. There's going to be a very intense period where, you know, the thought of date night is impossible. Um, so do it now, get it rolling now between three and seven, three and eight, you're going to be really hurting, but you got to keep muscling through. I a hundred percent agree. I think that that's actually a really important point. I think that a lot of people that do want to be an entrepreneur that do want to own their own business someday, but do have kids will think, well, this is just not a good time because I have young kids or whatever. But I'm really a believer that if you're going to do it, you need to do it as soon as possible. And think of it this way, too, that if you want to enjoy owning your own business and the, the cash flow and everything that comes with that, you want to be able to do that when you're as young as possible, when you have the most energy, um, the most time with your kids, right? Because eventually they're going to grow up and leave the house and stuff too. So you really want to do it as soon as you can. You have to get started. And I think so many people will make excuses, you know, for lack of a better term that, Hey, it's just not a good time because I am a young dad because they're one years old or whatever. So absolutely, man, totally agree on that point. So guys, if you're listening, especially on YouTube, please like, and subscribe. Um, I'll put the the links for Shane's stuff in the show notes down below. And if you're thinking about becoming a dadpreneur, please join me, join Shane, make the transition from employee to entrepreneur, and we will see you on the other side.